We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church.
Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, kids. Thanks, gang. We're glad you're a part of this church. We're glad you're here this morning. My name is Scott Lane, and I'm one of the pastors here, and so it's a privilege for me to, to welcome you to Lagos, to welcome you to First Baptist Church San Antonio. If you're a guest, uh, in the chair in front of you, there should be a little pocket, and there's a card that looks just like this that says, Connect Here. We're going to ask that you fill that out uh, at some point this morning, and that's exactly what we want to do. We just want to connect with you, to know that you were here, to then reach out contact you and just let you know how God is working in the lives and hearts of our members and our ministries to let you know what God is doing here. We're excited. These are really good days to be a part of First Baptist San Antonio. And so we're really glad that you're here. Um, I'll be at the back after the service by the sliding doors. You can hand that to me there or there's a counter as you walk around the Ask Me booth. You can just lay that card on the counter and that would be your gift to us and we've just counted a privilege to know that you were here and then to reach out to you this week. Um, if you don't believe God has a sense of humor, um, Friday I called Ethan and thought I'd play a mean trick on him because Danny is away uh, on a marriage retreat with, with a lot of our married adults. And so I called Ethan uh, knowing that he knew that I was going to be preaching and that was kind of the last line of defense. So I called him and when he answered, I said, Ethan and Scott, I don't have a voice. I don't think I can preach. And there was silence on the other end and then I just, I let him off the hook. I, I laughed pretty quick. I said, man, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And so we, we laughed about that. But I woke up this morning sounding like Johnny Cash for some reason. So God does have a sense of humor and... Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure what the point of that story is, but it, it, so if, if you hear things, or I may have to get some water just, just to help with the raspiness of, of what we're doing. And so uh, if you will, grab your worship folder or look at the screens. If you'll stand, uh, we're in Colossians chapter 3, and we'll read verses 10 through 17 together. And have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You can be seated. So we're working our way through Colossians, and uh, today we're, we're actually in the second half of chapter 3. Um, Paul was 
in the middle, we left off, of explaining the process of what he calls the new self, becoming the new self. Um, it begins with the work of God through the Holy Spirit in the human heart at the moment of salvation. So it, it, it begins right at the moment where you trust Christ. God does something to you and in you and for you. What he does is he puts a new self in you. The other part is the old self is put to death. The new self is placed into the life of the believer. Now, Danny, last week, if you were here, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I don't want to shame you or anything like that. If, if you weren't, go back and listen to last week's, and I'll, I'll give you a word about that in just a second. But last week's message is just as important as this week's message because these go together. There is a... Uh, tension that Danny created last week that he talked about. It's called the already, not yet tension. These actions have actually already happened, but they're not yet completed. Already have happened, not yet completed. You're going to hear those, those phrase, that phrase over and over this morning. Already, not yet. And so, um, we are not complete and so there is work for us to do. There are things for us to do. And that's exactly what chapter 3 is, is, is uh, Paul is telling us in chapter 3. Look at Philippians 1.6. Already, not yet. He who began a good work in you, already, will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Already, not yet. And so Paul is very comfortable creating this tension in the life of the believer. And so the scripture this week... Um, picks up right where we left off, literally, mid-sentence, mid-thought, mid-paragraph. And so what I want to do, the first, the first point I want to make is, is, is to focus on, on the first word of this passage, and. I, I don't think I've ever made a sermon point or taught about a conjunction. But it's very important part of this process that Paul talks about of becoming or putting on the new self. So make sure that you, you think about and, and what we talk about today, but previous what Danny talked and shared about and taught and preached last week. So if you have time this week, go back, listen to that message. These will go together and you will get a complete picture of what Paul is telling these believers on how to become more like Christ, how to become the new self, okay? Um, the Bible word for becoming like Christ, the Bible word for putting on the new self is sanctification. Big word. And it just literally means believing, behaving, and becoming like God has designed us to be and becoming like God. So when Paul describes this process, he includes two sides, last week and this week. There's a negative side. Old self, putting off, putting to death, putting away, and a positive side. New self, adding to, putting on, clothing. This new side, this positive side is our text today. There's subtraction and there's addition. Paul describes the same process in Ephesians 4. If you'll look at the screen. Verse 22 and 24, it's the same, same picture, same thing. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, 
and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Again, when he talks about that work of salvation, what, what God did in us and to us and through us at the moment of salvation, look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the moment of salvation, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Already, not yet. And so there's that tension that Paul is creating for us. Already things have happened Things are still happening in our heart, not yet. We're not complete. We're not the finished product. Well, these are not just Paul's thoughts, actually. Um, you find them in Jesus' teaching as well. If you look in Matthew chapter 12, um, Jesus actually uses a different picture. Paul uses clothing, like Jimmy talked about with the kids. Put on these things. Clothe yourself with these things traits, throw these things off. Well, Jesus is going to use the picture of a house, but the message is the same. Look at verse 43. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept and put in order. Here's, here's a big part of it. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there, and the, the last state of that person is worse than the first. Jesus only describes one part of this process, the putting off, the, the negative. The positive, or the filling of the house, or the clothing, is missing. What is, what's the point that Jesus is trying to make with this teaching? He, he's only teaching one part. Well, he's... he's Doing, he's saying this. He's teaching that the danger, there's danger and consequences of only doing one part of the two-part process. If you only do the negative, if you only do what we talked about last week, you cast aside, you remove sin, you, you put to death the old self. If you only do that part, your soul is left empty, barren, and Jesus says, far worse off. What you're left with is no conviction, no direction, no depth, no faith, and no life. Well, what if, what if you only did the positive? What if you clothed yourself with righteousness and kindness and humility and forgiveness and love? All those things that Paul tells us to in this passage. What if you did that? That's a good idea. Well, if you neglect the other, there's still, there's still danger. There's still a warning. It might seem like a good thing, but they won't last long in your soul because there's no place for them to attach and grow. What, what is missing, what, what happens without the putting off and the throwing away, what lacks is a soft and tender heart. And the heart is the place where God wants to work. The heart is the place that God puts truth. He puts words of affirmation, encouragement, conviction is, is your heart. Look at Jeremiah 31, 33. Even as far back as the Old Testament, God is laying out his plan for speaking into the human life. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them. Watch this. And I will write it on their hearts. We must do both. It's, it's and 
And so really, the disservice of the reverse riders last week, we should have just had church till two last week. So we could talk about both. So you would get the equal picture of both. But we'll talk about the new self. You see, the first part, the putting to death, the putting off is just as important. It's a necessary action in order to soften and prepare our hearts to receive and nurture those godly qualities and spiritual, spirit-filled characteristics that the Lord wants to add and keep in our lives. Our hearts are spiritual incubators for spiritual life and spiritual growth. Our hearts are the spiritual incubators for spiritual life and spiritual growth. Doing both, the putting off and the putting on, the discarding and the clothing, doing both with his strength and help is the process of becoming the new self that God intended. And so, you probably wonder like I do, well, if I'm going to be a new self and God has put that in me, what does it look like? Is there a picture or an example of the new self that God has intended for us to become or me to become? And, and yes, there is. I'm glad you asked me. Um, Paul, Paul says yes. In verse 10, he says the first picture is Jesus. Look at verse 10, Colossians 3. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So do you remember all the way back to Colossians chapter 1? Paul describes Jesus in eloquent and powerful detail. It's one of the most brilliant descriptions of Jesus found in the scripture. One of the truths that Paul teaches is that by him, by Jesus, all things were created. Jesus is the creator that Paul's talking about in verse 10. He is the image. He's the, he's, the, he's the picture of the new self, the complete new self. By the way, another description of Jesus is found in this text, verses 12 through 14. It's, it's really the list, when Jimmy read the scripture, it's the list of things that we're supposed to put on. I, I'm not going to camp there, but I want you to see that all these things that Paul tells us to put on are literally a description of who Jesus is. Let me, I'm, I'm, we're not going to read that verse, but I'm just going to point him out to you, okay? Compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, endurance, forgiveness, and unconditional love. Anybody you know? If you're a believer, you do. You know Jesus Christ, and that's exactly what his life and ministry and his work on earth, it's exactly what he looked like. And so the second answer, what does the new self look like? What does the new self act and think like? Is there, a, is there another picture? Yes. You ready for this? It's you. It's me. You're thinking, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. But, but you are. I am. We are an incomplete picture, and we'll talk about that toward the end of our, our time together. But, but we are a picture because this, this verse is telling us to do that, to put on the new self. We are to put on the new self, so the new self is coming into us and onto us. And so at some level, we are a picture. And you've heard the, you've heard the phrase a hundred times, you may be the only picture of Jesus that anybody ever sees. That's exactly what Paul's saying. So Jesus is the perfect picture, absolutely. But so are you. 
so am I. Remember um, the other part of, of chapter 1, Paul, Paul describes... Um, Paul describes Jesus in an immaculate thing. Um, so we're, we're incomplete. We're already becoming the picture, but we're not yet there. This, this scripture in verse 10 is a, is a reference to the Genesis creation account. Genesis chapter 1. Man was made in God's image. When he was created, man was the perfect image of God. Then sin entered the world. One of its many effects was that man lost the capacity to be the perfect image of God. So when the Holy Spirit shows us what to put on, what to take off, it's to make us more like Jesus, the new self. Because Jesus has defeated sin by his death and resurrection, we can become who we were created to be, the new self, the image of God. So the other picture, the first picture is Jesus. The second picture is you. The you that you were created to be with Christ and in Christ. And so take that to heart. You have the opportunity to be the picture, to be the image of the new self, according to Paul. It it keeps going because Jesus defeated that. We can become who we were created to be. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 49. Paul says, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. That's us. It's possible. That's God's plan. That's God's plan. Look at Romans 8, 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, don't be intimidated by the word predestined in this passage. Don't. Let's let's just look at it. What it means, what it's saying, the scripture is God has already placed us on a path or trajectory that will end with us becoming fully like Jesus. Not yet, but when we see him face to face. The process of becoming the new self started when you trusted Christ. Look at verse 10. It says the new self is being renewed. It's already in there. God is just continuing that work in us and through us. The goal of the Christian life, you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not a perfect person. I'm not the perfect picture. And if somebody's sitting around you, they're going to say, amen. <laughs> They'll agree with you. But the goal of the Christian life, the goal of the new self is not perfection yet. It's progress. It is progress and so maybe the, the question as, as this work happens in your heart is, am I more like Christ today? Am I a better picture today of the new self than I was yesterday? And so when the new self comes and it grows and it flourishes in our heart, we gain a drastically different perspective about everything and everyone. Look at verse 11. Here... There is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. And if I could just preach on these next um, seven words, I would do it. But Christ is all and in all. Maybe the most powerful declaration we can make. The new self helps us declare Christ 
is all. Paul's perspective completely changed when he met Jesus Christ. Just like us, God placed the new self in Paul's heart and mind. And I want you to see what happened. Paul began to understand and believe and proclaim that Christ is all, literally above all. The, the, the New American translates this verse. I like it better. It says, here there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free. Where is here? Paul's talking about a place or a space. Where, where is that? Well, it's in the heart and the mind of the man who is the new self. It's where the new self works and operates in the heart and mind of a believer. And he's saying, there, there's no difference. There's no distinction. Radical. Christ, Christ, Christ is all. Paul's world was totally transformed. Just a few years earlier, he couldn't say there's no difference. He would say there's huge differences. Those things mattered immensely to Paul. If you know his story back in Acts, pointing out and persecuting differences and making people feel inferior were his mission and his passion. That's what he did, and he was really good. But not anymore. Just like in Paul, the new self placed in us causes a massive inward transformation. The new self causes us to believe Christ is all. And our thoughts, our preferences, our values, our priorities, and our mission changes. So when the new self helps us declare Christ is all, I want you to see what happens. And it happened in Paul, and it can happen in our hearts. It should be happening in our hearts. When we declare Christ is all, his values become our values. His heart for the lost becomes our heart for the lost. His hatred of sin becomes our hatred of sin. His love for holiness becomes our love for holiness. His desire to please the Father becomes our desire to please the Father. And the second statement, which is just as powerful, is that Christ is in all. Not, not all things. He's talking to believers. So what he's saying is Christ is in all believers. The new self creates in us an outward perspective that champions unity and community in the midst of differences and diversity. So Tuesday, um, I found myself in Amarillo, Texas. And according to Southwest Airlines, the best way to come from Amarillo to San Antonio was through Las Vegas. <laughs> so that's what we did. Charlie and I got the chance to spend four hours in the Las, in the Las Vegas airport. And we, we didn't do anything. We both, two Baptists, we didn't, anyway. So, so we're there. And I watched people with a common cause, people with a common declaration. I watched them bond, okay? It was Tuesday night. I believe that was, I believe that was game seven of the World Series. And so there was a TV across the, across the terminal in, in another gate. And there was a group of folks watching the game. And you could kind of see everybody kind of begin to move over. Ooh, baseball, baseball. Everybody was, their declaration was baseball. 
And so they clumped together. People from San Francisco, people from Seattle, people from uh, Kansas, people, um, people from Houston. You could hear them calling all the places. One by one, they just came and joined. Well, what happened was community began to form. All of a sudden, you began to see where their loyalty and allegiances lied. All of a sudden, the national fans moved over here. The Astros fans moved over here. And people that didn't even know each other were hugging and they were high-fiving when there was a home run, when there was extra base hit. It, it was phenomenal to watch. Well, when we declare Christ is all, and I see that, and I see that Christ is in all, and I see that you have the same presence of Christ, it draws us together. No matter what our differences, no matter what the diversity, no matter... Um, what challenges we face, we have that in common. If we can declare that, it gives us an amazing outward perspective. These folks looked like they'd been friends for years, and they just met in the airport because of a baseball game. What would the body of Christ look like if we had that same kind of passion about Christ is all and in all? How would we treat each other? How would we connect? How would we relate? How would we serve together in that reference? It's so powerful. The new self helps us say, Christ is all. And, and just so you know, on my lips and my mind this week, I, I've thought of a thousand ways that I can say Christ is all, both with my, my words and with my actions. And it, it's been an amazing thing. This phrase, Christ is all, Christ is in all, has, has totally rocked my world this week. And I hope it will yours. I hope you'll say that. I hope it'll be on your heart. I hope it'll be in your mind. As you're at work, Christ is all. See who else? Christ is in all. As you're at school, Christ is all. Christ is in all. Find those other believers. Find folks you can connect with. Declare that truth. Your perspective toward them is, is amazing. Paul's understanding of the spread of God's kingdom was drastically altered. It was bigger and sweeter and more joyous than he would have ever imagined. Verse 11, look what he says. He calls the people of Colossae God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Before he was saved, he would have never said that about them, ever. He wouldn't even thought that. The new self is a catalyst for revolutionary thinking and the conviction that God is doing the same kind of work in the hearts and lives of each and every believer. It will foster a commitment to look for and encourage God's active presence in every believer. Not only do you look for it, you try to draw it out. You try to encourage them. You try to build them up because Christ is all to you and because Christ is in all to others. Look at verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. With the new self comes a passion and burden to participate in the body of Christ with other believers because Christ is all to you, to me, to us. And so, let me just ask you, do you have that kind of a burden and passion for the body of Christ? Not just to attend, 
not just to come, not just to show up, but to be here regularly, interacting and engaging with other believers, interacting and being in God's presence as he's revealed because Christ is all and Christ is in all. Are you involved? Are you in ministries? Are you in programs? Are you serving here? When the new self begins to work and grow and flourish in your heart, the answer is going to be yes. The answer is going to be yes. So Paul addresses again this, this already not yet tension. The, the very last verse, he says, just remember that everything you do, you do in the name of Jesus. It's really kind of a disclaimer so that God doesn't have to say the views and opinions lived out by this believer do not represent those of creator and salvation. <laughs> and so it's almost like God saying, you're not there yet, but so just remember. And so we don't need a disclaimer. We need that reminder that we do all in the name of Jesus. Why? Because Christ is all. So Paul recommends two specific activities for this particular community of believers in Colossae. There's, there's a dozen things he could have said, okay? He just picked two. God's word and singing and worship. Gathering around God's word is crucial. Why? Because the main message of scripture is, and you're going to get it, Christ is all. That's what scripture is telling you. From Genesis to Revelation, that is the message of Scripture. Christ is all. It's what I love best about our church, that Scripture is a vital part of our DNA. Love and high regard for God's Word. You see it and sense it in all our programs and ministries. Paul knows, and, and we know, one of the best ways for us to hear God's voice and find His will and grow the new self is dwelling in the word of God. Paul also specifically mentions singing and worship. When we worship, we are learning that Christ is all. When we worship, we are proclaiming that Christ is all. You can do that on your own, but you can do that in a group. And when we worship together, we are encouraging those around us. And what's the message of hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs? You got it. Christ is all and in all. It's evidence and it's encouragement to the new self. Worship, singing, that's exactly why he has, he has you do that. So let me ask you. Um, is there an expectation in your heart and mind when you gather for Bible study and worship when you come on Sundays? And I know some of you are going to say, are you kidding me? My kids didn't understand that it was time change Sunday. And they were up at five. And we did well just to get here. Um, that's, that's been our testimony over the years with our kids. You know, behavior, breakfast went wrong, the car has a flat tire. I mean, all these things. And you're thinking, if I can just get to church, it's going to be a good thing. But what Paul says is, have expectation. Have, have this expectation. Maybe the first expectation was that God would speak to you. That would be a great starting point. It would create holy anticipation. 
But with the addition and growth of the new self, Paul includes another expectation. He takes it one step further. So, so watch this. What if God not only desired to speak to you when you gather with other believers, what if he wanted to speak through you? Your testimony, your prayers, your questions, your insights, your struggles, your obedience. What if you came this morning with an expectation that because Christ is all and Christ is in all, that God would speak to you and through you today? It's really, it's one of the things I've loved about watching uh, teenagers. That's why I did youth ministry for years and years and years. Was watching them teach and admonish one another. There were share times. There were moments where they sang together. There were moments gathered around God's word. There were moments where they would just tell it like it is. They were vulnerable. They were authentic. And you know what we discovered in them and in us, the adults that got to watch? The new self was being birthed. It was being grown. It was flourishing as those moments happened. So what if that happened when we gather? What if that happened in here what if that happened in your Bible study group? What if that happened in prayer meetings? What if it happened in heart-to-heart groups? What if it happened in area fellowships? What if it happened in mobs? What if it happened in circles of six? That God would speak to you and through you and that the new self would flourish. God uses those moments, make no mistake, to help us put on the new self and become more like Christ. And he will use those moments if we, if we ask him, if we anticipate that, if we expect that. Not because he has to do what we want, but because we're seeking the right things, because the Holy Spirit would lead us to hunger for that and thirst for that. And so, do you have that kind of anticipation and expectation when you come? We, we should. We really, really should. For God to speak to us and through us. There, there may be a message that God would use you to bring to somebody else. Maybe in a moment when we worship, maybe you just go to somebody and you say, Christ is all. That's all you have to say. If they're a believer, they're going to know exactly what that means. And so that's the response today. Is Christ is all. And so I'm going to ask that we, we express that in so many different ways. Um, Christ is all and Christ is in all. So we're going to sing in just a moment. And the songs are going to, you're going to find that in there. Christ is all, Christ is in all. They're going to be in those lyrics. They're going to be the words on your lips and your heart. Maybe today you're here and you've never said that. You've never made that profession of faith. And it takes faith to say that. Christ is all. I want the new self in me. I want God to do that work in my heart and salvation. You would come and I'll be here to show you exactly how that can happen in your life. Maybe the new self is stirring in your heart that Christ is all and Christ is in all. And he's bringing you to a church, to a body of believers just like this. And he would lead you to join us on our mission to the city and to the nations of spreading the gospel. And he would partner you with us. Maybe there's... Dwelling in the word you need to do. You need to read Colossians chapter 3 as we sing and as we worship. Maybe there's some putting off things, sin, disobedience, rebellion. Come and pray. 
the word that Chris uses for that is repentance. And here's the cool thing. Christ is in all. When you come and praise somebody to whom Christ is all, will come pray with you. And it'll be a special moment. And so there's many ways you can respond. But the declaration, the message, and the banner over this service in these moments is Christ is all. Christ is in all. Because the new self is being developed, it's being grown because of what God has done for us and what he continues to do. So let's stand, let's sing, and let's worship together. Jesus is better, make my 
song we're going to sing together is more of a, of a spiritual song, and it's a simple declaration, this is who God is. And it goes a little bit like this, you are waymaker. Let me sing it for you. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keep, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Pray that with me, Waymaker. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, moving in our midst. We worship you. We worship you. almost a recognition. Yes, God, you are these things. 
and as we gather together singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, as we let the peace of Christ dwell within us, even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, God is still moving. So we're going to sing just that, even when I don't see it. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see you, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working.
First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.